All right. Well, it's good to be in church, and I'm so glad that you came. And we're continuing a series called Living Stones. Um, and I believe that we have the, sub, the title there. Uh, the subtitle is In the Hands of the Master Builder. In the Hands of the Master Builder. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. Peter, the apostle, said, As you come to him, to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was born on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, where he played as a boy and learned his trade as a fisherman from his father. His father was a fisherman, he was a fisherman, his brothers were fishermen, fishing was his life. And he met Jesus while he was mending his nets on the shores of the Sea of Galilee after he'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. One thing that Peter and I have in common is that, is that I seem to fish and catch nothing. Anybody else like that? Yeah. The first miracle that Peter saw was when Jesus stepped into his fishing boat and told him to launch out into the deep after he'd fished all night and caught nothing, and he caught a miraculous catch. The last miracle that Jesus performed that Peter witnessed with his own eyes was when he'd fished all night and caught nothing, and Jesus called out from the shores of the Sea of Galilee, unbeknown to them that it was Jesus, and said, cast your nets onto the other side of the boat. And they cast their nets onto the other side of the boat, and they caught a miraculous catch. When Peter didn't know what to do after Jesus had been betrayed and sentenced to death, crucified, he didn't know what to do. He said to his friends, come on, let's go back to the Sea of Galilee and let's go fishing. That's all he knew to do other than following Jesus. He let Jesus use his fishing boat as his platform for preaching to the multitudes. When Jesus called him and his fishing partners, Andrew, James, and John, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Peter was a fisherman. He fished all day. He fished all night. He thought about fish. He dreamed about fish. He caught fish. And he smelled like a fish. Yet the most powerful and enduring message of Peter's ministry was not about fish. It was about building. Not a physical building, but a spiritual building. And it all began with a revelation. How many of you know that the most enduring, most powerful, most significant things in our lives begin with a revelation? And that revelation wasn't on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, but it was on the slopes of a mountain, Mount Hermon, when Jesus said, 
to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And within Jesus' statement at that time, he said, furthermore, I am the rock. I, Jesus, am the rock on which my church will be built and I will build it with stones like you, Peter, and it will be built with people and by people who have the same revelation that you had that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And from that time forward, Peter didn't dream about fish. He dreamed about stones, living stones. He dreamt about building on a rock. And he built about, he dreamed about a spiritual house. And he dreamed about sharing that same revelation with everyone he came into contact with. I wonder if you have had that same revelation. And I wonder if you share Peter's passion to share that revelation about Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The same passion that he had about being a living stone in that spiritual house. The same passion he had about building that spiritual house and engaging other people in that building program. He was passionate about sharing that revelation. And I pray that our church, our family, our church community will always be passionate about that, that we will never forget the wonder of coming to know Jesus, of experiencing the reality of his sovereignty, of his love, of his grace, of his power, of his forgiveness, of the goodness of God that all of us can experience and enjoy and that we are passionate about sharing that with the people in our world who have yet to know of his love and of his grace. So what was it that took place on the slopes of that mountain that so moved Peter? And I want to read it from the New King James Version, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. I'm going to read it from the text here. Out of a real Bible, not a digital Bible, from the New King James Version, which was the version that Jesus used. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, I think it's going up on the screen. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say? that I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, uh, uh, and, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. 
and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Peter had that revelation about Jesus being the Christ. And Jesus made an interesting statement. Jesus' response to him when Jesus, uh, when Peter had declared or confessed that Jesus was the Christ, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build. God is a builder. I will build my church. And you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This verb, excuse me, was that coffee that he made me. Can you delete that, please, from the recording? Where did that come from? Where was I? I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I've completely lost my train of thought. When Jesus made that statement, he said, uh, this statement, that's where I was. This statement has been greatly misunderstood. Many people think that what that Jesus was saying was, you are Peter and I'm going to build my church on you. But that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, if you look at the Greek, you are Peter, Petros, a stone or a pebble, which is the meaning of the word Petros in Greek. And on this Petra, this rock, a mass of connected rock, as you can see, they're distinct from, from Petros, which is a detached stone or boulder. I will build my church. What Jesus was saying, you are like a stone, and on this rock, referring to himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so Peter, from that moment, he had this revelation in his mind that he was a, a stone. He was a living stone, and that God was going to use him to be a part of the building that would be built on Jesus and built on the revelation of Jesus as the Christ, which is why when he wrote in 1 Peter 2 and verse 4, 4 to 6, which we read earlier, as you come to him, the living stone, Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. You and I are living stones. And we are in the hands of the master builder. Can you think about that for a moment? You are a living stone in the hands of the master builder. In other words, God is wanting to place you. God is wanting you to fit in his plan and in his purpose. He wants you to fit in his building program. He is the living cornerstone. We have an architect down here on the front. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The cornerstone is the first stone that's put into a building. And it, all of the measurements align from the cornerstone. It's the first stone. 
and the capstone. Jesus is the capstone. The capstone is the last stone that's put together in the entrance to the building at the top in which you put the identification of that building or the crest or the the family crest. How many people here have a family crest? You do. You just got to find it. I'm sure this, you all have a family crest. And you, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. God is a builder. We are living stones in the hands of the master builder. And God wants to engage us in his building program. We've asked ourselves these three overarching questions. Am I being conformed or transformed? In the hands of the builder, am I allowing him to transform me? Or am I being conformed to the pattern of this world? Secondly, am I building randomly or intentionally? And I want to read to you this verse, and then I want to take a moment to unpack it uh, as we look at how we should build when we're building and who and 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 the manner the materials that we should use so let's turn in your bibles i can't hear the rustle of any pages right now 1 corinthians 3 this is paul's message to the corinthians 1 Corinthians 3, verses 9 through to 17. I can't find it because I'm in 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. And we're going to read from verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, You are God's building. So Paul is reminding us here that we are God's building. We're living stones in the master's hand. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder... I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. In other words, let's be careful, let's be intentional, let's be thoughtful about how we build as we build on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, the rock, the cornerstone. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So what I want to focus on here is that Paul says that we are God's building. God, we are in the, in, the, in the hands of the master, but God is engaging us in the building project. Anyone ever been on a building site? Anyone ever had a building project? Anyone ever remodeled your house? Anyone ever pulled your hair out because you were remodeling your house? Anyone ever found that when you remodel your house, it takes longer than you think it will take? It costs more than you think it will cost? And it is more stressful than you thought it would be. So we are aware of that, those of us that have been in that process. But we are a building. And God's engaging us in his building program, which goes beyond our personal lives, our own personal uh, homes, because he's wanting to engage us in building his kingdom. And he gives us here how the, Paul gives us the methodology with which we can build that building. And I want to take a few moments before we close on that subject. First of all, he talks about two groupings of building materials that are based on their ability to stand the test of fire. He talks about gold, silver, and precious stones. And then he talks about wood, hay, or stubble. What Paul is talking about here is, is he's talking to believers. He's talking to people who are followers of Christ. And he's basically saying at the end of our lives, everything we do, everything we build will be tested by fire. And only that which is divine or only that which, is, uh, only that which stands the test of fire will remain. And so he talks about gold. Gold in the Bible is that which is divine. That which is inspired by God. That which is connected to God. Silver is, in the Bible, speaks of redemption, the work of redemption, the fact that God has redeemed us and God is engaging us in a work of reaching our friends, our loved ones, the people in our world who don't know him yet, to come to know Jesus, to be redeemed just like we were. And then precious stones, and precious stones are formed through great heat. Anyone ever been through some great heat in recent times? When you are, remember, God is forming something in us that is precious. God is forming that diamond. He's forming that precious stone in us that can only be formed through great heat. Sometimes the best things come out of the worst times because God forms and creates something in us in the process. And then he talks about the group that are not able to stand the test of fire and won't be able to stand the test of fire. That is wood. Wood speaks of humanity or what is human. Hay is temporal and stubble is worthless. 
So there are things that we do in our lives that will have eternal value. This is what Paul is saying. There are things that we do in our life that have eternal value, and some things do not have eternal value. I say this with great respect because I love motor cars, but the kind of motor car that we drive is not going to have any eternal value. The house that I live in, I can enjoy now, and God wants me, very happy for me to enjoy it, but it is not going to have eternal value. Whether my team, Tottenham Hotspur, win the Premier League this year has no eternal value. And however much I pray and fast and sweat in front of the TV, just like Giancarlos does when Peru play, it's not going to have any eternal value. That is wood. Some teams are stubble. Just kidding. Wood, hay, and stubble. It's not eternal. It has no eternal value. And it's important for me, and I'm talking to me here, it's important to me to understand that. Because life is short, but life is long. And I am younger, I'm, young, I'm younger, I'm older now than I was. And I want my life to make a difference. I want to be building something that is beyond my life to leave a legacy and enables me to do what Jesus said. Because remember what Jesus said? Paul is, in a sense, referring to what Jesus said. When he said, build your, uh, um, store up treasure in heaven where moths, anyone have moths in their closet? If you have some tips, let me know. That eat holes. Anyone had holes eaten in your clothes recently? Yes. They have moss in Newport. I didn't know that when we moved here. Maybe we wouldn't. No. Moss. Thieves. I won't talk about that. We've had our house broken into. Well, I'm not going to get into it. Thieves. Break in and steal. He said, store up your treasure in heaven. So what Jesus is asking me to do is to have an eternal perspective, not just a temporal perspective. And it's very hard because the temporal is so demanding. The temporal is so appealing. The temporal is so pressing. And there's nothing wrong with the temporal. But I don't want to be consumed by that because I know that at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's going to be tested by fire. And only that which is divine, only that which is inspired by God, only that which is, which is, will be lasting. And I don't want to become over-spiritual in saying this, and I don't want to become legalistic in saying this so that we, we, we can't enjoy God puts put us in this world so that we can enjoy this world, so that we can appreciate. And we live in a beautiful... How many of you thank God that you, you're not living in... You know, you live in a beautiful area where the sun is shining? Every day I wake up, I go, thank you, Lord. 
for the wonder of where we live and what we enjoy. I think this planet is the most amazing place. I love to travel. I love to see what God's creation and enjoy God's creation. And all of that is good. But I also want to look at everything through the lens of eternity. Because I have one life to live. And Paul goes on to say that quality is infinitely more important than quantity. Because it's interesting that gold, silver, and precious stones are found in small quantities but are of great value. Whereas wood, hay, and stubble are found in great quantities but are of less value other than wood, which has gone up significantly in recent times, for those of you that are builders. So how can I examine my works to see, or what I do, to see if they will stand the test of time? And I'm, I'm finishing up here. First of all, by my method. Am I doing this God's way? Well, the, the Bible tells me how to do things God's way. Or am I doing it my way? Jacob is a great story in the Bible about someone who did it his way. He tried to cut corners. He tried to do it his way. And finally, until God worked in him to the point where he surrendered to God and he was able to begin to do things God's way and God blessed him greatly. Am I doing things God's way or am I doing it my way? I lived my way before I came to Christ. Ever since I accepted Christ as my Savior, I want the method to be right. The, the end does not justify the means. God wants me to do things his way. Motive. What is my motive? Is my motive, uh, is my motive genuine? Is my motive sincere? Am I doing things for my benefit? For my Name for my glory or for God's glory? What is the motive behind? How many of you know that motive is so important? You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. And you can do the wrong thing, but with the right reason. And God looks at our motive. What is our motive? And then finally, means. Method, motive, means. What means am I using? Am I living dependent, independently from God? Am I doing everything in my own strength? Or am I depending upon God and depending upon the Holy Spirit? Paul said to the Galatians, Are you so foolish? Galatians 3 verse 3. After beginning by the means of the Spirit, you are trying to finish by the means of the flesh. In other words, they were getting into religiosity. They were getting into legalism. They were thinking that by their works, they could earn God's favor rather than through God's grace. And Paul said this, Colossians 1.29, That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending upon Christ's mighty power that works within me. As Paul talks about the building, 
and the, the materials that we should use for the building. It reminds me. It reminds me about how I built. What am I building with? What are the, what are the materials I'm building with? And what is my method? What is my motive? And who am I depending upon? Am I doing it in my own strength? Or am I inviting the Holy Spirit to help me? And I want to encourage you this week, when you get out of bed in the morning, why don't we this week, first thing we do, rather than saying, oh no, when the alarm goes off, say to the Holy Spirit, help me, Holy Spirit, today to depend upon you as I embark on all that you have for me today. And look through the lens of eternity. One of the great missionaries from this nation who was from Portland, Oregon, Jim Elliott, was martyred as a 28-year-old with four other missionaries while he was participating in a mission to evangelize the people who lived in the jungles of Ecuador, who'd never heard the gospel before. And he said this, and it never left me. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And I want to encourage you as we build, as we as living stones are being built into a spiritual house. I want to encourage you today. Let's be a people. Let's be a people who live our lives looking through the lens of eternity. Thankful for all that God gives to us. Thankful for all of the blessing. Thankful for all that we're able to enjoy that God has provided for us because He as our Heavenly Father loves us as His children. But at the same time, may we be passionate like Paul was to be able to share the revelation that we have that He is the Christ and He is the Son of the living God and that we like living stones are being built into a spiritual house and that God has engaged us and is engaging us in a purpose that is beyond this time that is eternal and that all that we do, we do looking through the lens of eternity. Can you say amen to that this morning? Would you stand with me? We're going to close. The worship team are here. If you're listening today in the service or you're watching online, I want to ask you a question that is the most important question that anybody could ever be asked. And that is to do with your relationship with God, your Heavenly Father. Jesus came in the middle of time to bridge the gap between us and a God that we had become separated from, to restore our relationship with Him. And when He died on the cross, He paid the price for our sins. When He rose from the dead, He conquered death and the power of death over our lives. And so today, we, as we stand here, we're thankful for all that Christ has done for each and every one of us. But I want to give you the opportunity to to accept Christ as your Savior. And all that you have to do is to say yes 
because what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross was his yes to you. And when you say yes to Jesus, your sins are forgiven. You receive a brand new start, a fresh beginning, and receive the gift of eternal life. His spirit will make, cause your spirit to come alive, become aware of God, aware of his presence, aware of his divine purpose for your life. So I would love to pray that prayer with you this morning. And if you're here today, would you close your eyes? And if you're watching online or you're here, pray this with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Give me a brand new start. And I open up my heart and I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Cause my spirit to come alive to you, to your divine purpose and plan for my life. And I determine that I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise this morning? Thank God for his grace and forgiveness. If you prayed that prayer, we want to do everything we can to help you to take the next steps in your Christian walk. Church is a family, and if a baby is born, by the way, when a baby is born, where is Griffy Contreras, um, John and Veronica, oh, oh yeah, where? In the foyer right now. Congratulations to John and Veronica Contreras. Griffy, Griffy Contreras. And uh, born on Sunday, yeah? He was born on Sunday two weeks ago. First day in church and uh, congratulations we're real happy about them well baby is born into a family and what a great family the Contreras family to be born into Griffey is a blessed baby and uh, you're born into a family we're a family we want to do everything we can to help you and uh, we have a book called following Jesus which helps you to take the steps in following Jesus to understand the pray, prayer that you prayed today. We'd love to give you that, answer any questions you have, connect with you, and uh, make sure you come and join us afterwards for a cup of coffee. Of course, if you're online, you're missing out on the coffee. And I'm sorry about that, but if you want a great cup of coffee, come next week. And hey, I'm just closing with this. Sunday the 28th of August is our last Sunday here in church in this in this building can we do everything we can to finish strong could you put that let's do the last Sunday let's make the last Sunday a big a big Sunday big Sunday before we move to the big six and make that first Sunday and the second Sunday a great start in our new venue. So August the 28th, let's pull out all the stops. 
Get out on the highways and the byways. Invite your friends, your families, your in-laws, your outlaws, everyone that you know. Let's come and let's finish strong as we go out into this next season. Let me pray for you. We're going to close right now. Father God, I pray for every person here. Thank you, Lord, today for your spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to help us this week, every single day of every week. Lead us, guide us, speak to us, put hope in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to have wisdom in all that we do. Bless everyone that is here, every family represented. May you continue to work in and through us. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you next Saturday if you're coming to the Working Place.